Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast with myself, your host, Edgar DeJesus. And yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas. Every month, we have the pleasure of having Bob Lowry join us on our podcast to answer questions that are sent from you pool guys and pool girls out there. And this is that week. So a big welcome to Bob. For those of you that know Bob, you know he's a legend in our industry. For those of you that are new into the pool industry, Bob has written 21 books on pool water chemistry, and even the manuals that IPSA uses were written by Bob. He is also the founder of the Pool Chemistry Training Institute. You can visit his site at pcti.online. We'll talk about that in today's podcast. I want to welcome everyone to the live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk, and we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, and the PoolmanUniversity.com. We want to thank them for their continued support. Zach, good morning. Well, happy Friday, everyone. Uh, I got to say, I didn't know if I was going to make it on time. I had to catch a ride to the studio, and then Leslie drove off without my with my coffee in her car, so I went into full freaking panic mode and had to scramble to get that done. But I made it here, and I'm, uh, I've got my coffee, so I'm all good, and I'm ready to get some questions answered by Bob today. Wait, so did your wife turn around and bring the coffee back? Oh, yeah. Like, we were talking. I was talking with y'all, and I just dropped, and I called her, and I was like, 911 emergency you have my coffee in the car like you have to come back now and she did so thank you you know what dude leslie you are definitely a keeper if you're bringing that man his coffee back that's 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 a keeper right there zach yes she is absolutely so uh john good morning good morning how we doing i'm doing okay can you hear me okay yeah we can hear you yeah, fantastic. So look, I, I started off my morning really, really great. So I'm going to tell a real quick story. And um, wait, know, John, today, John, John, can I, yeah. John, can I interrupt you for just a second? Absolutely. Somebody just typed in here and says, "Thanks for the Crocs, John. I'm so happy you sent them." <laughs> oh, that was Leslie. You're, you're very, very welcome. Send me your size, uh, size, Leslie, and I'll and I'll definitely send you a pair. Also, I think that's the way to go. I, I think she's very happy that you sent them to Zach because I don't think Zach takes them off anymore. No, I don't. <laughs> oh no, don't do that. <laughs> I feel so obligated to have to 
wear them, right, Leslie? <laughs> oh my gosh! So sorry, John. I just kind of had to interrupt no. there, and that that was funny. So, anyway, so today was great. I, I woke up feeling kind of good. I went to bed a little early last night because when I got home, I was just just exhausted, and so I got a good amount of sleep. And going through my day, my morning routine, and I get a text message from a friend of mine, a good buddy of mine. Um, I'm not going to say his name because I'm going to kind of blast him a little bit here on the on the airwaves. So, um, uh, our our relationship, uh, our friendship started about I don't know at least about two years ago. We had a good heart to heart conversation, and we were talking about the things that we talk about all the time on on our podcast, on our lives about rates, about knowing your value, about increasing them, charging the right rate, um, being the premier pool service. And, um, ever since we had that conversation, he kind of just started out in the business at that time. Uh, he completely changed his business model and he's turned into quite the machine, right? And he's done an amazing job building his business and increasing his rates where his rates have literally like doubled, tripled from where they were when we had first had our conversation. And I've, I've had the pleasure to see him grow and just become just like I said a machine just become a great full service company and a great guy um, um, doing what he's doing and I get a text message from him this morning and we we always get to, I always get text messages from him I try helping him out whenever I possibly can or for us just to shoot the you know shoot the crap but he sends me a message and he goes I have a here let me get the exact message and he tells me I have a um, 38,000 gallon pool is what he tells me. I have a 38,000 gallon pool, motorized cover, only five year old, only five years old, not much debris. What are you charging? So it took everything in my being not to reach through the phone and just like, oh, what the hell are you talking about? Right. And I said, hmm. And I go, okay. And I sent him a message back and I said, you sound like one of the four or five phone calls I get a day or a Yelp message I get a day from a customer that goes, I have a 15 by 25 pool, um, saltwater pool, what's your charge? You know, and it's just like, you know, the whole thing is, is you know, I, I tell them, I go, are you not listening anymore? You know, when we talk about this, it's like you, you cannot, you absolutely cannot you know, just quote prices over the phone or just be able to have one or two different details and be able to give a, give a price. So I gave him, I gave him a bunch of crap today. And I was telling him, I go, look, dude, I go, I, I cannot believe you sent me that text message. You know, he's all, I know you're right. And it just goes down to it again. Look, when we do these prices or when we talk to clients or talk to customers, there's so much more involved when we're quoting prices as far as like the backyard, who's using the pool, stuff like that. So to my friend out there, go back and listen to the 50 different episodes that we had about quoting prices and what we should be charging. Anyways, that's my, um, that's my morning story. Your morning I start. I yeah. I hope I embarrassed him just a little bit. He knows who he is. He'll eventually listen to this and he'll know who he is. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know. I think my response would probably be, you know, we don't charge by the gallon. Yeah. <laughs> Right. You know, it doesn't matter. It's how much work we have to do to take care of the thing. Exactly right. What is it going to take? I mean, I, I don't know. You're asking, what am I going to? I don't know what to charge. Thirty thousand. Okay, it has this and that, and how much debris. So, anyways, so real funny. Well, and you also have to think about bather loads because a lot of times you get into exactly. a residential pool. If they get above 
25 or 30,000 gallons, they may have actually a commercial pool there instead of a residential pool. I went out on a call one time in Nevada and the guy said, I don't know what's wrong with my pool. And, you know, we kept checking on. I said, well, you know, these are up, this is down, whatever. And I said, well, you know, how long does chlorine last? He said, well, you know, on Saturdays, it doesn't last very long. I said, how come? He said, well, we have 32 of the neighbor kids get in on Saturday morning. <laughs> you know, and I was like, oh, well, gee, imagine that. You you really have a commercial pool, and you need to set up an ORP controller on it and have this thing start dispensing stuff. You can't ask a guy to come out once a week to take care of that. Zach had one this week, right, Zach? That was, what, 100,000 gallons? Yeah, and I'm not clear if he was saying, like, he said need to turn over 100,000 gallons worth of water. And so we never really got farther than the first couple of emails, but he had sent this request. He needed all this, you know, programming done and things looked at and repairs done. He sent this, like, schematic that he had drawn out of his equipment pad. And I took one look at it and he was very nice and everything, but I was just like, no, we, we can't, we don't have the capacity for that. Um, you know, getting lights to sync up and equipment to sync up and features to sync up. It wasn't for maintenance, it's for repairs, but you know, we were real brutally honest and just said, you know, we appreciate you considering us, but at this time we, we can't take on a project like that. And it was funny because his response was like, wow, I really respect that. And I'll definitely refer you guys to all my friends because you were just honest about it right up front. And so it was a pretty cool situation, but yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a hundred thousand gallon pool. That's a crazy one. That's a huge one. Yeah. Welcome to Texas. No kidding. Huh? Yeah. Hey, Zach. bigger in Texas, right? <laughs> they ain't lying. <laughs> hey, Zach, did you listen to that Instagram live on Wednesday? Yeah, I did. And it, it took a, a quick turn there. And uh, But I was having a good time just reading all of those comments. It was, you know, it, it was what a crowd out there kind of moment. It, it was brutal. And I'm going to have to say I haven't laughed that hard in a long time, but that conversation kind of went left really quick, huh, John? I think, you know, to be honest, you know, thinking about it right now, I think it was a setup, you know, because Zach was going to be doing it. And then all and, <laughs> and then Zach goes, oh, no, Johnny, you know, you take this one. And then all of a sudden, then Zach's on the comments. He's still on the live, you know, but he's typing and he's watching everything unfold. I think I think I was set up this Wednesday. You were, you were set up. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. Love so, you. Uh, <laughs> Bob, Bob, let me give you a little background on this thing. We jump on the live on the Instagram live, John and I, and we're kind of having the conversation. And I think everybody's getting really comfortable with us, John, and, and the lives and kind of everybody's kind of coming to their own. So everybody's chatting and talking and asking great questions. And there's, you know, this great flow. And then Bob, this thing just took a turn of its own. Like we're having this conversation and all of a sudden they just laid into John. And so, you, wow. you know what, I'll, I'll tell you what, let me give you, let me give you a little piece of how that went down. I want you to listen to this. Watch, listen, listen how it turned really quick. My face doesn't go with, uh, with my voice. Oh, what the hell? Oh. <laughs> All right, now look, uh, we got to stop right now. 
<laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. What is how how's my face supposed to sound? First they call you a boomer and now they're telling you that your face is it. You know what it is, John? Your voice is very like deep and and kind of you know. So it's like you you expect to kind of catch like this older guy doing this deeper voice uh, kind of oh, thing. Oh, I and then, oh, see, it's a compliment. He sounds really old. He's <laughs> really handsome and he's young. I get it. <laughs> anyway, I guys. Care, Godzilla's voice with a Care Bear face. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. Oh, man, this crowd, this crowd today is on fire. Did you see that, Bob? Did you see how that just took a left turn all yeah. the, or a right turn? Uh, whatever you want to call it, it just went. It just went south quick. Oh it really did. Wow. So we're talking now to the gentleman with the Godzilla voice, but the Care Fair face. Yeah. Oh my God, John! What a what a story. Um, the one thing I'm going to have to say for you guys, listeners out there, and, and you're listening and probably will kind of catch this on the little bit of the podcast. We we have uh, a little construction going on over on Bob's side. So if you hear a little bit of that, please forgive us, but uh, not a big deal. We'll kind of we'll kind of keep you know moving forward from there. <clears throat> but anyways, Bob, they just kind of jumped in on John and I tried to focus what John for like 15 minutes to start that Instagram live. And I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't focus. Yeah. We had a great time. That's fun. <laughs> and then, and then you're getting crap for trying to focus. Like, like you can flip the light switch from all the, the ripping right back into business straight to it. Yeah. 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 It was quite the experience. <laughs> so, <laughs> forever the care bear. For, forever the care bear. There we go. And, and wheezy. And wheezy. <laughs> Uh, for those of you listening, they uh, I, I was laughing so hard and wheezing, so they called me uh, Wheezy from uh, Toy Story. So, <laughs> so, anyways, all right, Bob, let's get started with this podcast. And one of the things that I wanted to do is really quick have you talk about the trainings that you have coming up, so the, the listeners know what those dates are that are coming up. Uh, we have one uh, on May first. Oh, let's see, that one is live, I think, and. Uh in Torrance, California. And then we have one on May 15th. I will not be teaching either one of those, but we do have two upcoming classes. Um, and I'm just verifying right now. May 1st is Rob Stewart, and it's virtual. And uh, March the 15th, I'm sorry, I said Torrance, and it's in Thousand Oaks, California, on May the 15th at 8 o'clock in the morning local time. And that will be given by um, uh, Michael Thorne, who lives out there, and uh, he likes to give live classes, and they have a, a way that you can social, social distance out there. So sometimes uh, live classes are better than virtual ones, so uh, if you're in that area and looking for a class, that's a good one. We have one that I wanted to talk about really quick before we jump into our podcast, and that is the financial training that we do. And we have a class that's coming up on the 15th of May. And just to kind of go through it really quick, what we've done, guys, is we've put a business side training class together that focuses on five metrics that we've created. 
And one of them is going to be your cost of cleaning. And a lot of that tells you exactly what your cost of cleaning is before you even get to the pool. We also have the average cost of service, which really breaks everything down. As you enter your numbers into this training class, the software is going to completely break everything out for you and is going to tell you exactly what your cost is for just the service side of your business. And so really the goal of that is so that you have a good connection between the income of that service and the cost of that service so that you're able to quote the right rates. We talk about average profit per pool. And what we do is we kind of talk about how your rate is going to be so important into increasing your bottom line. We have now included a part for repair profit and profit percentage. So as you enter your income and your expenses that are tied in directly into your repairs, it's going to give you your income, your expenses, your profit, your profit percentage. So now what happens is you get your business and it breaks it down into two. So now you have your service side as one metric. You have your repairs as, as a different metric. And then one of the other ones that we've created is what we call the CED and that is the cents for every dollar. And basically that metric tells you for every dollar that comes in, how much of that dollar you get to keep. So for every dollar, do you get to keep 28 cents, 50 cents, whatever that number is. You know, our goal all along has been to create a tool that by the time that you're done with the training and you've plugged in the numbers, you actually have 100% pulse of your business and you know how financially well your business is doing or how financially poor. The goal is you do it and by the time that you're done with the class, you have all those numbers, you have all that data, not create a training class where you have to you know, kind of get the basics of it and then go do it on your own. So there's a couple of different things that we cover in the training and we talk about business types, we talk about the metrics, we talk about the common reasons why businesses, small businesses fail. Um, we talk about insurance, what to look for. We talk about billing software. Guys, I'm trying to go really quick here so that we can kind of get into the podcast for today. But we talk about the billing software, how to set it up so that it helps your business grow, how it deals with your cash flow. And we have had people that have taken the class and had some cash flow issues and they've made some adjustments with their billing software. And that's kind of solved that issue. And then what we do is we talk about the different terms in accounting in preparation for a full profit and loss exercise that you do. You enter your numbers, you will create a profit and loss. And then what happens is we actually do a P&L review so that you see how easy that is and then how important that tool is going to be to your business and to the success of your business. So if you want to take a look at that class, that class is on the 15th. You can go to poolnation.online or you could go to the poolnationpodcast.com and up at the top, there's a button. Click there and you can register for the class. It is a paid class, but it is a great class. So there's ours. And now let's get started with this podcast. Bob, first question. Bob always says hi from Lima, Peru. How did Bob end up living in Lima, Peru? Wow. Okay. Well, if you got a <laughs> so, as most of you know, I'm an analytical uh, chemist, and and that's my main love of life is chemistry. And so, around uh, 2009 or so, I in those days I got in a lot of periodicals, uh, magazines with technical stuff in it and, you know, sci-tech and chem this and chem that uh, kind of 
uh, magazines, and I used to leaf through them at night uh, while the TV was on and just kind of see what was interesting in water treatment or whatever. And I ran across an article that talked about the computing um, uh, equipment necessary to uh, make these new, at the time, these new MMORPGs, they're called, which are multiplayer uh, game, uh, role-playing games. And they could have as many as four or five thousand, uh, four or five million people playing this game at once. And it looks like you're in a movie. Most of you have heard of World of Warcraft or Dungeons and Dragons on the computer that you can play. And those are those kinds of games. And I was looking at the computing ability or what was needed to, to do that. And I thought, wow, those are kind of interesting. And the next day I went down to my lab and started playing, you know, looking around at those games. And I signed up and started playing a couple of them. Well, I got hooked on one that was called Decaron. And um, uh, I became a warrior in the game and started you know, killing monsters and things like that. And every time you kill a monster, you get uh, better weapons or shields or protection or more power or something. And so then you can go to the next level and the next level and so on. And after a couple of weeks, I got to the point where I was at level 50. And in this game, you could go to level 190 and then get reborn and do 190 again. And you could actually get four reborns and go to 190. And so I got to level 50 and I got to this place where uh, I was trying to kill this monster and I'd battle it for 15 or 20 minutes and ultimately it would kill me. And I go back to the you know, starting point and start over. And, and it was kind of frustrating, but the games want you to spend money to buy better weapons. And I didn't want to spend any money, so uh, I kept getting killed. And I was kind of frustrated, but I still didn't want to spend any money. So I went back to the town uh, where everybody can chat by typing. And I asked this other person that was sitting there, I said, can you help me go kill this monster? And this is the common thing to do in these games, but I didn't, didn't know it. So uh, this other person said, yeah, sure. And we walked down the street and this monster roared its head. And this other person went, is that the monster? And I said, yeah. And this other person went, doink, and it killed it. And I was like, what? How did you do that? And she said, well, I just have this weapon that kills them pretty good. And I go, that's cool. And so the rest of the night, I all went up to about 120, uh, level 120 by the end of that night. And the next night we met again and I went to level like 150. And I thought, wow, this is cool. And eventually I said, well, like, um, I know there's like 500,000 people right now playing this game. Um, are you a boy or a girl? You know, and she was like, <laughs> I'm a girl. I said, okay. And it was like, where are you? And she said, well, I don't want to tell you that. And I said, okay. So I thought maybe I was playing with like a nine-year-old boy in China. Eventually, we kept talking back and forth. And as you, you know, stalkers are in these games. And so women especially are, are you know, nervous about giving out any information. So eventually, you know, we gained some trust in each other and revealed our real names and our real, real ages and eventually swapped pictures and got on a video and thought everything was cool and we were cool friends. And I said, this is really great. This is fun stuff. And this started in February and around 
first part of May, I said, you know, I'd, I'd kind of like to see you. And where are you? You know, are you going to tell me now? And she said, uh, well, I'm in Lima. And I said, uh, really, Ohio? And she said, no, South America. And she said, I'm in Peru. I was like, oh, wow, that's a little farther than I was thinking. <laughs> and so uh, I said, well, I'd still like to see you. So I arranged to come down here to Peru in May. And I met her. We spent a fantastic week together. At the end of a week, we had fallen in love so greatly that I asked her to marry me. And she said yes. And I went back home and I said, well, it's going to take me about six months to clear up all of my affairs here and I'll be there. And as it turned out, I was able to clear up my affairs in about a month. And I called her and said, you know, I'm going to send you some money, go rent this apartment. And she went out and rented an apartment and in July, which was only February to July, I moved to Peru and, and we got married. And I have lived here now for 10 years, and I've still been able to be a consultant and take care of all my clients and write books and all kinds of stuff since I moved here. But I moved here in 2010. My wife didn't speak a word of English. When I, I'm sorry, I didn't speak a word of Spanish when I got here. And so I kind of had to learn Spanish while I was trying to learn everything else. Nothing looked the same, as you can imagine, you know, they don't have Gillette razors here. They don't have Kleenex here. They don't have anything that you have in the U.S. I was kind of like, what do I do? <laughs> and and I couldn't talk to anybody except my wife. So it was kind of a, a, a demanding experience, but well worth it. Um, and I also have to give you one quick note. I suffered with migraine headaches for 40 years while I was in the United States. And as, a, as an analyst, I kept looking for the answer to... to to cure them and never found it. And after I came here and spent a week with my wife, or my now wife, with, with Sylvia, I went back to the U.S. And since then, I have never had another migraine headache. And that is totally incredible. Um, but it has been a real ride. And for the first time in my life, I let my heart tell me what to do instead of my analytical mind. And my analytical mind was screaming at me, you're crazy, you're an idiot, don't do this. And my heart was saying, you deserve some, some happiness in your life, go for it. And so I decided to let my, my heart take over and I went for it and I moved here. Wow. What a freaking great story. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. There's a lot of things to this story. First of all, Bob, I totally get it. You're a complete analytical guy. So you're telling this story and I'm like, no, he, he can't. He's not going to go. <laughs> and then <laughs> the other thing, John and Zach, is just I never thought I would hear him say, well, I was playing this game and I was leveling up and I was reborn <laughs> and I was sitting on this video so game. Awesome. So awesome. <laughs> You and Leslie could talk all night about that stuff. Oh, my <laughs> God. What a great story. So, so, and as it turns out, yesterday, my new gaming PC was delivered to me. And I just bought a new i7 Generation 10 processor with a an RTX 3070 video card with, with 12 gigabytes of RAM on the card. And it's just, it's a killer with... 
a two terabyte SSD and a one terabyte SSD. It's just a killer co computer. And I just plugged it in yesterday for the first time. And I also got a, a 32 inch curved 4K monitor to go with it. So I'm ready to play games again. <laughs> we'll have to get a, a Pool Nation clan going, Bob. Get on there. <laughs> well, I'm not so sure I want to play War War. Uh, War of Worlds, but um, we're looking for some new games. That, the games that we played was called Decoron, and it was starting to get old when I first played it. And the predecessor to Decoron was called Two Moons, and it was uh, popular back even before 2000. That game is pretty old, and it's never really been refreshed. But So we're going to try some new games out that I can use. We can use our graphics cards and stuff like that. And I, I bought Sylvia a brand-new uh, laptop with uh, uh, an i7 uh, Generation 9 in it with a, a 3060 uh, uh, video card, too. So uh, we're, we both got two new computers, and we're all set to go gaming again. Oh my God! This is a great story, guys. So now we get the other side of Bob. Not only is he a complete okay, chemist, turn, but he's a, he's a, he... around and say analytical chemist. You know, I have another side <laughs> we've never ever talked about, but some of you know that I was in the army, and in the army I was in the special forces, and I was a green beret sniper in Vietnam, and that was my other superpower, and. Uh, I was um, in Vietnam in 1965 and 1966, and I was a sniper and I was a Green Beret. And yes, I do have a Purple Heart. So um, at any rate, those are stories that for another day, another time, or maybe never. I'm not sure. But um, that's another side of me. Oh, my God. What a great story. What a great story. I think, Le Zach, is Leslie big time into gaming? Because I kind of see her typing on here and you kind of get the feel that she's into it. <laughs> yes. Uh, when we have time, we both get into it. But she went through, during the pandemic, she went through a phase. I was a little worried about her. And she'd be up at like <laughs> three in the morning because the kids yeah. were still asleep. And she'd be out there gaming it up, playing her game, leveling up and doing all that stuff. I'm like, hey, are you are you okay? Like, yeah. do you want to talk about this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now she's putting on here she spent so much time of my life on that game what game is that is that the same game that bob's talking about leslie send us a message on here but bob what a great story i never in a thousand years would have thought that you were a gamer and then we john zach we could say that he basically did the online dating thing that's so cool. Yes. Yeah, but it wasn't, you know, I didn't didn't actually meet her in an online dating or chat room. I met her playing a game that 500,000 other people were playing at the same time. And we just accidentally ran into each other. What are the odds of that? What a great yeah, just, story. It have to be astronomical. You what? Know, as I said, I could have been playing with a boy in China. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> or or a troll in New York. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. What a great story. Guys, now you know how Bob ended up in Lima, Peru. So there's that question. Great one. All right, Bob. So let's jump into some water chemistry here. And All my right, next question talk, is going to be. water chemistry. All right. 
I would like to know what each individual does as far as startup methods. I particularly have a hard time with darker plaster pools as scale loves to form here in South Florida with our high pH tap water and super low calcium level levels. I hear a lot of companies, they will focus on only pH around 7 to 6.5 for 14 days for maximum aggregate exposure. So I asked him if it was regular plaster, and he said, yes, Florida st stucco azure, Hawaiian blue, SGM Tahoe blue, and dark plaster like Lagoon which is almost black. So he kind of has a struggle with those dark bottom startups. Bob, can you walk him through what you would do for that type of startup, the, the dark bottom plaster? So if Bob's a pool guy, how are you going to go hit that startup? I'm not such a great guy on startups. And a part of the reason is that there's so many different kinds of uh, finishes now that that it's been hard for me to kind of catch up on the finishes. But, but nonetheless, water chemistry is water chemistry. And there's, there's pretty much only five methods out there to do a startup. And you can, you can eliminate a couple of them from the standpoint, one, just how much trouble it might be, and another one that it uses a whole lot of acid in the beginning. And I think that, that either... Either of those kinds of methods is probably something that that a that a service tech can't really do because he can't come back that often, can't come back even multiple times in a day to take care of a pool to get it started up, and and that seems to be the problem that we have is guys want to come out to a new pool once a day and take care of whatever needs it, and then come back the next day. And it may be necessary to, to visit the pool twice, twice or three times, uh, at least in the first day or two. Um, so there is that to consider. And also, um, there are these, there are two methods. Um, I guess we can talk brand names or styles or whatever, but there is one from On Balance, and there is one from Orenda. And both of those startup methods use a, a tank or a barrel that you put beside the pool and run the fill water through the barrel to attain some, some alkalinity on it or carbonate on its way into the pool. And, and those methods work if you follow their method and do what they say. Um, and in fact, the NPC, which is from the National Plasters Council, they have a startup method. And that startup method works very well, too, if you follow it. Um, the problem is that you, you want to stray away from that or you think you know, you know better than they do. And so you improvise. And when you do, it doesn't work the way it's supposed to. I believe that there are startup methods that all of them need due diligence. They need you to go out there and make the test and maintain the water the way it's supposed to be. Now, I wrote a startup program, and I wrote it with Greg Garrett, who was the, the education chairman for the Nas National Plasters Council. He was also my partner in the Pool Chemistry Training Institute. And we titled it called the Borate 
plaster pool startup. And this method is available for free at the Pool Chemistry Training Institute website, pcti.online, pcti.online. And you then go to the heading that says bulletins. And then if you scroll down a little bit, you will see one that says Borate Plaster Startup Guide. And it is a nine-page guide that, that takes you step-by-step step through exactly what to do on a startup. And it gives you the calculations based on your tests on the water. And then you make the calculation and add that amount of chemical. And when you're done, you will have a written record of how you did it. And this method works. Uh, Greg Garrett approved it. Uh, it was about to be approved by the, the National Plasters Council, but after Greg died, they really didn't have a technical person there that could approve it, so it just kind of languished. But it is available on my website for free for you to browse and look at or for you to download. And it is, if nothing else, a great way to start up a pool. And if you don't like or want to use Borate, you can just skip the the, the borate part where you add it on day one. The rest of it is still a great startup method. And it was such a great method that after Greg using it for about a year uh, in the field, he asked me if I could make an app for it. And it turns out I did. And it, it actually took me a whole lot longer than I thought. But I made it into an app. And you can get the app for, your, for either kind of phone that you have uh, from wherever you buy your apps from, you know, uh, uh, Apple Store or, or Google Play, you can get it from there for a one-time fee of $9.99. And, and it, it takes you through every single day, and it does all the calculations for you. All you need to do is put in the, the, uh, uh, the water test results, and it calculates what you need to add to the pool, and you do it the next day and the next day. And then you just keep track of it after that because it's almost a regular pool. But um, it's a great way to do it. And what we want to do is on day one, we want to get the, the calcium level in the pool up to a minimum of 150 parts per million. So if you're taking care of pools and you're doing startups, day one is to get calcium hardness to a minimum of 150. It can be 150, 160, 180, 200. It doesn't matter. But as long as it gets above 150. And if it's not, then day one, you bring it up to 150. You uh, adjust pH and alkalinity. And you're pretty much done on day one because this program even says before you do anything, you test the fill water. So you know what you got coming in. And then you can have the proper chemicals there. You can know if there's metals in the water. That's one of the biggest, most important things I tell people about a startup. Test the makeup water. And don't just think that you know about it. Test it. Get your spin touch out or your Taylor test kit and test everything, including metals. And if the total metals, iron and copper, are more than 0.4, 0.4 parts per million, then you need to add a sequestering agent or you need to use a pre-filter that takes the metal out of the water before it gets into the pool. And so um, 
metals are the biggest problem with a startup pool. And that is that if you get any metal in there, if it's above 0.4, it's going to cause a stain. The plaster is real subject to, to getting stains when it's brand new. So you need to prevent those stains by by getting the calcium level up to 150. And especially down there in Florida, you've got alkalinity about 60 or 80 or something, and you've got hardness of 50 or 60. And you need to get that up on day one. The only the only caveat that I'll give you is that on, on day one, don't put any soda ash or bicarb in at the same time as you add the calcium chloride, the hardness increaser. If you do, it will precipitate out scale all over the whole pool. It'll be really difficult to remove. So don't add them within about uh, three or four hours of each other. Give them time to to react and go to work before you add the other one. So, but um, you do, and then on day two, we actually want you to take the calcium level from 150 to 250. And then if it's a plaster pool, which we're assuming it is, on day three, you take the calcium level to 350. So we want you to get up to 350 by day three. And when you do that, and if you keep maintaining the pH and alkalinity, um, you're going to be fine. The pool's going to be great. And um, a lot of times with a new pool, the pH skyrockets. When you first fill it up, uh, the pH goes up to 8, 9, somewhere like that. And one of the great things about adding borate on day one is that the pH doesn't go much over 8 or 8.2 instead of up around nine or higher. So adding borate is a great thing to do on day one. If you don't want to do it or can't get it, then okay, just skip it. But um, we need to get the calcium in there and we need to come back every day or at least on day one and two, go there twice in one day. And you need to be brushing the pool. You need to be checking the pH alkalinity, calcium hardness levels, and make those those three adjustments. And of course, you don't add any chlorine until you get into the day three or day four. Um, cyanuric acid we put in on day four. So, um, and using uh, the liquid cyanuric acid is the greatest way to, to put that in there. Um, cyanuric acid doesn't dissolve for about three or four days. So it can sit on the bottom and cause a problem or it can sit in the filter and dissolve in there, which is not good either. But if you use the liquid kind, you pour it in and it dissolves right now. And it was a great stuff. It is great stuff. And I know because I invented it. So um, it's one of the great things that you could use in a pool. Um, so anyway, there are other startup methods. In, our, in the IPSA book, I actually list um, four startup methods in the IPSA trading manual. And you can kind of pick the one you like. But I think the important thing is to follow whatever instructions you want to do. I just, I've talked to a lot of service guys. And unless all they do is startups, doing one of those startups where you have to add chemicals to a barrel and one that rotted through it and make tests and stuff, it just seems to be too much trouble and require too much time to, for a service tech to do it. But um, if you're doing startups, uh, you may want to do uh, use use the app. And of course, the great thing about the app is when you're done, you can save it on your phone, and I've arranged it so you can download it 
um, to your computer and save it as a permanent record should you ever get into a dispute with somebody over how the startup method was done, like the plaster complaining that it wasn't started upright, you can show him what you did. Either method, either with the the, the free uh, method from the website or uh, from the the uh, the app, you've got a permanent record of how you started it up. And that, that may be a legal important thing at some date in the future. Especially with those startups. Yeah, you want to make sure that you have that. And I did get one picture from a pool guy this week that he didn't do the startup, but he it was his pool and they did it and they brought somebody else to do the startup and it was completely, completely stained all over the bottom in about two weeks. Yeah. He was reaching out. I'm like, don't touch it. Reach back to whoever did the startup and have them go back and, and kind of address that. Guys, yeah, let's... I'm a big believer, by the way, and if you've got metals in your incoming water, I am a big believer in using a metal-removing filter, a pre-filter that removes the metals before they get into the pool. I think that is a great thing to do instead of just pouring in a bottle of sequestering agent. I just think that, that as most of you may or may not know, when you put a sequestering agent in the pool, the sequestering agent surrounds the metal so it can't stain. But it's an organic chemical, and it eventually either breaks down or get oxidized by sunlight and chlorine. And when it does, it releases itself from the iron, from the metal, and it's still the metals and can stain in the pool again. So you're not removing the metal when you add a sequestering agent. So if you use a metal remover or one of those bags or cages that you can put in the skimmer, it actually removes the metal from the pool. Okay. Yep. And those, those startups are, are key. And we're talking, there's a couple of people here talking about it on our Insta chat, but Leslie's, you know, talking on there going document everything always. And I think that's a big key, especially when you're doing startups and you're so doing we weekly. Gave you, we gave you a, we gave you a way off the website to to do it for free. It's a printed it's a printed form, and you can show what chemicals you added, the dates you add them, and everything. They're all there. Even even keeping track of the the water tests that you make. There's a place on the form for you to put in the daily water test. Right, and over here, Zach's mentioning that they just had one that was stained that a, a startup company did, and they were testing it, and they didn't have any metals, but it looks like they use a sequestering agent. And then, obviously, like Bob's mentioning, it it fell out. That's a, a big one. So make sure that you guys document all those. Guys, let's take a quick word from our sponsors. Bob, when I come back, I want to ask you one quick question to follow up on that startup, and we will continue our conversation. Okay. The SPPA is dedicated to the niche general liability insurance needs of pool and spa professionals. As industry leaders, we'll fight for you, protect you, and be there for you. We provide extraordinary service before and after the membership and insurance is in effect. Insured members of the program get the best customer support and have peace of mind that their alliance is their voice and always fighting for their program and insurance needs. 
We proudly insure thousands of pool and spa professionals across the United States. With over 30 years encompassing the pool and spa industry, we know the needs of pool and spa professionals. Through the SPPA program, there are three tailored and customized general liability insurance options to pick from. For more information on our programs and insurance options, visit our site at www.thesppa.com. The sound of you continually pitching pool care poles into the trash. The sound of you using an Ultimate Pool Tools carbon fiber pool care pole for years to come. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Bob Lowry today. Um, A couple little disclaimers. We've kind of veered a little bit of a our conversation, but great conversation. And then also you might hear a little bit of noise here in the background here and there. So it's just some construction that's going on that we had talked to Bob about and they couldn't move it. So we apologize for that, but wanted to give that little disclaimer. Bob, I have the same gentleman that sent the question saying, what if you have scale white formation already on a dark plaster pool? Well, if it's a brand new pool, you pretty much only have one solution. You you have to acidify the pool and dissolve that. But um, and by acidifying the pool, it won't dissolve it like a you know like an acid wash does. You could just lower the pH down, and it will obviously just as if you had a low pH in a pool, it will dissolve part of the pool. And it'll dissolve it uni- uniformly, so it'll take it'll take that calcium off of the pool. So, um, uh, and I would probably drop the pH down to maybe six or six point five, and uh, um, and you can do that. Um, one of the ways that you can do that, by the way, um, as some of you know, I've developed some apps, and I don't get rich selling apps, but I do make apps that you guys can use that that you can't get information anywhere else. And I have an app called the pH Alkalinity Adjustment Tool. And it is $7.99, I think. And it is for adjusting pH and alkalinity. But you can also use it for what I just said. If you want to make the pH in your pool 6.2, you can plug into this app 6.2 and the current conditions in your pool, it'll tell you exactly how much acid to add to that pool to get the pH to 6.2. And so you can do that instead of guessing at what you might need to do that. Um, you run the risk if you put too much acid in the pool of zeroing out the alkalinity. And that's dangerous from the standpoint that the water becomes very aggressive. And depending on how much you have, I'm talking to you there in Florida, depending on how much scale you have, that might be just the thing you want to do if you have a lot of it. Um, If you have a lot of scale, uh, zero the alkalinity for a day or two, and probably that's a long enough time for it to re-dissolve it, and and everything will be fine. But... um, Alternatively, the only other solution that you have is to drain the pool and give it a light acid wash. Um, And those are the two choices. Um, That's it. So you either do 
you acidify the pool or you drain it and do a light, light acid wash. Cool. So before we kind of get into the, the next question, I want to give a little Pool Nation insider info to, to our viewers. Um, every, believe it or not, we have some form of structure when we do our podcast, even though we kind of veer off and we have fun and we do a lot of, you know, we shoot from the hip on a lot of things and just kind of talk, real talk. When we get a lot of questions, especially when we have Bob on for a podcast, we, we get tons of questions that get sent and we try to filter through them and pick which questions to ask Bob when he's on so that we can get those answers, the ones that are going to be most beneficial to everybody. And this week is no different. And Edgar sends us a, stri a script and um, it kind of tells us, okay, these are the questions that were asked from the viewers so we can ask Bob. And I didn't really look at the script until, I don't know, like 10 minutes before we got on. And I looked at one of the questions that I was going to ask and I looked at it and I'm like, what the hell? I, I have no idea what it is. So I tried getting back to Edgar to clarify before we, before we got on the podcast and he didn't respond. So I'm just going to roll with it. And maybe, maybe I'm going to learn something today because I, I don't, I have no idea what this is. I talked to Zach about it. He doesn't have any idea. Maybe Edgar can enlighten us here. But the question is, can you schedule a startup session? And I'm not quite sure what a startup session is. But um, Edgar, are you there? Can you can you explain to me what a startup session is? I'm going to go quiet for like... <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like... <laughs> So I put the I put the notes in there because that was the request from the question, and so he said, "Can you s schedule a startup session?" And I think I think one of the things that we keep talking about is a lot of guys struggle with the startup pro with the startup process. So he was kind of asking if we can yeah yeah, and so he was kind of saying, "Can you talk to Bob? Can we kind of schedule a startup session?" That was my bad for not kind of clarifying that, and then he kind of went into the next part of the question. So that. That's why. So, so my bad, my apologies. And no, no, I think it was uh, good. I was like, man, what's a startup session? I go, wow. You had him freaked out. All right. Zach, I was going back and forth with Zach. I'm like, Zach, what the hell is a startup session? Well, you know, the, the, the National Plasters Council actually has a startup class, class. Yeah. that they do. And and you can go to the NPC website and see wherever they're they schedule these classes all over. And I don't know now with with virtual things if they have a virtual startup or not, but they do have a startup. But but realize for a minute that that the the free startup uh, document that I told you about um, pretty much follows what NPC does, except. I give you all the calculations and a place to put your test results and all that kind of stuff in there. So um, my startup method and NPCs are very close, except they haven't yet added borate to their startup. But aside from that, um, the two startup methods are very similar. Um, sure. And and I have actually taken the the NPC startup. Uh, document that they have, and I have revised it and sent it back to them, but they um, did not ask me to do it. I did it out of the goodness of my heart and and updated it for them and sent it to them. And uh, 
the thing is kind of caught in their committee of people deciding whether they should do it or not do it. So um, anyway, I did uh, uh, revise their startup method. So, um, so I have my own, NPC's got one, and perhaps on some of these individual things like exposed aggregate and stuff like that, those startup methods are much different than, than regular plaster pool startup or, or diamond finish or whatever they call it. So, so Bob, to, to kind of segue off that question, um, the second part to it is, is there a difference in plaster, fiberglass, or painted pools? You know, we talked about regular plaster, but what would be a fiberglass startup, and what would you do different for a painted pool if you were to start up? Well, I think, you know, I guess probably the the way to say it is for a, a non-plaster pool, or actually, as, as my former partner would say, a non-cementitious surface. <laughs> so if it doesn't contain uh, cement, then that means anything, fiberglass, vinyl, paint, epoxy, stainless steel, whatever, acrylic, whatever. So um, those type of pools, first of all, we don't want to go to 350 in calcium. There's no need to. And so ultimately the goal is to get to 250. But bear in mind that that water treating means that you need to get to uh, 150 parts per million of calcium hardness on day one. And the reason for that is not because of the vessel, it's because of the saturation index. And I'm sorry for the background noise, I, I, can't, I can't stop it, and they're drilling something downstairs. I hope it's stopping. Um, but we need to get to 150 for the saturation index. The saturation index is based on calcium carbonate saturation. And if we don't get the calcium saturation, we can't balance the pool. So we need to get to 150 on day one. So the rest of the startup is pretty much the same, except that you're not going to have the pH and alkalinity skyrocketing because of the the calcium hydroxide hydration that's in the plaster. So we don't have that contributing to the water. So essentially we put it in and there's no reaction between the water and the vessel. So we can start it up and pretty much um, after the day one or two, treat it like it's a pool. Although I would still probably not um, start up a chlorine generator for, I don't know, for some reason they've said 28 days. I guess that's because it works out to being four weeks. But 28 days or a month, uh, I wouldn't start it up until, until I wouldn't start up a chlorine generator until a, a month has passed. But aside from that, the rest of the startup is the same, except you don't need to go to 350. You just need to go to 250 and you need to be at 150 on day one. Many of the fiberglass surfaces in particular are real susceptible to staining from, from metals. So again, uh, test the incoming water and don't just test it, you know, like a month ago, test it the day or two before you're gonna fill the pool, test the water then and find out what's in it. Because I am finding from a lot of service techs letting me know that 
that the the water that they're getting now is different day to day almost in 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 their area and what's happening is the distribution system for water is very old in a lot of places and what because it's failing they're trying to keep the pipes and stuff from falling apart so they're either either adding corrosion inhibitors or they're adding acid and stuff to get the scale off the inside of the pipes so they can get more flow so they're adding various uh, chemicals to the water to preserve their pipes and none of them are any good for the pool so you can get a lot of phosphates in incoming water you can get a lot of metal incoming in water and you need to be checking that to be sure and check it the day before it starts to get filled up and if there's metal get it out of the pool before you got the water coming in there john were you i know you were going to ask something I was, but I lost my. No, I was going to say Bob made said something about the background noise. I go, that was me two weeks ago. I, I we're sitting here doing the podcast, and all of a sudden, right out front of my door, there's literally a construction crew with a jackhammer, and they're going, and I'm sitting there going, well, like, oh my god, you know, there's all there's only so much you can do because we hey, we're construct well, yeah. the construction is actually in our house but the construction here in peru the entire house floors walls and everything are built out of concrete and and red brick and so when we want them to put in a new light fixture or an outlet or a switch or something they have to dig a channel through the wall and put a conduit in there and then cover the wall back up For and sure. And we are doing a complete remodel on the first floor and putting in a one-bedroom apartment on the first floor. So you know, uh, you know why he's doing that, guys, doing right? That. You know why he's putting the the bedroom on the first floor? Five Zach, chance. John, the gaming room. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's for my mother-in-law. Oh wait, wait a second, Bob. You said that it was so that I could come and visit, and I'd have I'd have somewhere no, to stay. We have a. <laughs> We have a great guest room, and we do have you know I have lots of friends, and we do have people coming from the United States, and they come here, they stay with us, and use it for a base of operations to go hiking. They go down to see Machu Picchu. They go and see the the uh, the, the the Nazca lines, which are the great geoglyphs of spiders and stuff like that in the land. They they come here and go to Galapagos. Um, and so there's many places, uh, tourist places to come, and they come here and stay with us for a few days and use it for a base of operations. We're only about 20 minutes away from the airport, so people fly in, they stay with us, go away for a few days, come back, go away for a few days and come back, and then stay with us. And my wife loves to cook and entertain people from the U.S. and tell them about Peru. Um, I don't know if you, John, and Zach just heard what he said, but all I said was, all I heard was, Edgar, you can come down here, you can use it as a base of operation, you can stay as long as you want. That's why we built the room. Zach, John, you're invited as well. Yep, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just it. wondering. I'm just Calm wondering down. what what I'm doing. You know, like I'm like all these ruins and things like bob bob has it figured out you know what are we doing here we need to get down there yep yeah and that's you know machu picchu with his which you know is is on a lot of people's bucket list uh machu picchu is here it's it's about 600 miles away from us but you can fly here and then fly down to near 
Machu Picchu and go to Cusco and, and go to Machu Picchu and then come back in, you know, three or four days. And you can stop at the Nazca lines and see those great geoglyphs that are on the ground and, and, and figure those out and uh, uh, come on back and stay a few days and look at Lima and look at some of the great things we have here and then go to, go to Galapagos and do that and then come back and stay a few more days and, and then take off. It's a great thing. Sounds like we're invited. So count me in, Bob. You are. You are. <laughs> Guys, let's take a quick word from our sponsors. And when we come back, Zach, John, I want to get your final thoughts. The HyperPole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Pool Nation podcast. We're talking to Bob Lowry today. We've kind of had a lot of conversation on pool startups, which is a great thing. And Jeanette over here is saying, well, dang, I put my passport away. <laughs> so let's see, Bob, they're, they're just ready. They're just ready to go. That's it. Well, maybe That's I have it. to make, start, a, start a new thing. Maybe I have a and b down here. So I don't know. There you go. Those Airbnbs are starting to make a fortune. So let's yeah. kind of talk about that. No, hey, listen, seriously, hotel rooms are really, really expensive here, which is why we are tell people. Really? People uh -huh. call me and say, where should we stay? And I go at my house. And it's why. And I go, well, because you can buy me dinner in return just to say thank you instead of spending three or $400 a night for a hotel. Yeah, that's crazy. They're, that's three $400 a night. That's crazy. That's expensive. Is that for like a high-end yeah. hotel or is that? No, that's just for like the Marriott. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Hey, um, Zach, let me get your final thoughts. I wanted to say that story you shared at the beginning was gold. That was really cool to hear. And it's always interesting to hear, you know, people's life's journey and how they did things. And, you know, the last thing I'll say is I during this conversation, I had a, a brilliant idea for the next app. And instead of, hey, Siri, we need, hey, Bob. And then we can ask all of our pool-related questions to the AI, Bob. Yeah, you, but you think I that's a good idea? These, I wouldn't be able to do these Instagram and podcasts, then you wouldn't need me. That's true. Yeah, right. <laughs> so what we do is we trick the app, and then what we do is every time somebody says, hey, Bob, it actually calls Bob, and then have, Bob has to answer it live. <laughs> ah, yeah. I, I'll have to figure out for a meter like they do on a taxi every time you call it. it doesn't, I'll have, have to get the equivalent of what we used to call a nine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk. Oh, my God. So, John, final thoughts. Well, it's kind of the same with Zach. I mean, I really, really, I've grown to really, really, really enjoy these podcasts with Bob, and I just, I have a great time listening 
you know, to the questions and his answers and the way he goes about it, but plus, especially the story. Um, I want to thank you, Bob, for, for sharing that story. I know it was real personal and, you know, it's something that I didn't know. And I don't know if you told that story very often, but how cool, you know, how cool that was and how you, how you met your wife. And it's a beautiful thing. You can tell that you guys are obviously soulmates. Oh, you know, uh, we are. We are still in love like the day we met. Yep. And I, mean, and I, I feel just, the same way we, with my every wife. Every day we just we kiss each other, tell each other how much we love. We've been there 10 years, you know, and and I mean, it just it's a remarkable thing. It really is. It, it really is. And it's, you know, not many will. Hopefully many people, but I really don't think many people really have their soul soulmates that they've met. And the ones that have, though, it's just such a blessing in life. And I, I can attest to it myself. My wife. Well, you know, I have to tell you one thing. I I have an ex-wife and we were married for 33 years. And I never had what I have now. Right. With, with a wife of 33 years. I never had that. Um, it just... It's a completely different thing for me to be to be that much in love and to be that much uh, of a soulmate. It just uh, it is. It's even when I look back at it, it's even remarkable to me. Amen. Andrew, final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Listen, we got off topic uh, a little bit today, but uh, and so maybe I've shared a little bit of my personal life with you, which maybe. Uh, Maybe you did or didn't like to hear. Some people don't like to get that close to people, but it humanizes me and lets you know that I'm I'm not just uh, some nerdy chemist sitting in a lab someplace telling you what to do. I've been a pool man. I've been in the army. I've been I've been a jock. I've been a lot of things, and I'm now I'm an expert chemist, and and I'm sharing everything with you. And I don't ask you for anything but your attention and some respect. To Edgar. Did we lose Edgar? Where's Edgar? Did he go away? <laughs> we lost Edgar. I'm, si I'm sitting here doing the John thing where I'm talking and I look down and the, and the mic is on mute. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow, nice going. I was, nice. I was saying, Bob, I am going to end this podcast here because if I open my mouth, I'm going to ruin the end of this podcast with that final thought that you gave. So that is perfect for our final thoughts. Bob, we really enjoy having you and your stories are just amazing. And I love hearing your stories. And I know that startups are a big thing for the guys out there. And that was three questions that we got this week with regards to startups. And those were some great points. So I want to thank. Well, and I don't know that I, there, there's no magic bullet. You know, I can't just hand you a document or something and say, do this and every pool is going to be perfect. It's not going to be that way. But um, you do have something to go from, at least that's in print, that you can follow. And, and it's not a video that you have to try to remember what they said. It's printed. It's on there. It's free. Try it. Yes, absolutely. So, guys, you, you can go. You can check those out and keep digging into those startups. I know they kind of get tricky here every once in a while with certain things that happen. But experience and education will get you there. So, guys, I want to thank you for your time. Zach, John, Bob, I really want to thank you for your time, for your stories, and we will talk next week. Bye, guys. Okay. Bye, so guys. long, or as they say, ciao from Peru. From Lima, Peru. Bye, guys. Have a great one. Yep.
Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for. PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry. A pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com. Pool Nation, all rights reserved. No part of this podcast may be reproduced in a verbal or nonverbal way. May not be distributed. It may not be distributed in any social media platforms or transmitted in any other forms or any other means, including recording or other electronic or mechanical methods without the prior written permission of Pool Nation.